calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am thrilled to invite you to Rachel Uncensored, my podcast where I get real with my friends and celebrity guests, where we talk about all sorts of topics. From personal stories to hot button issues, we cover it all. New episodes drop every Wednesday, so make sure you tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored. Another week in the hole. How are we holding up, boys? Dale, Matt, I'm Simon. How's it going? <laughs> I'm all right. That's just such a weird little introduction. You've got to mix quite it weird up. Yeah. There are people that are quite worried about your sanity, Cardi. I'm I'm exactly the same as I normally am. Yeah. <laughs> HR, HR are one of them as well. They're very worried. <laughs> They've had several complaints. If anything, positive of all this. Getting a lot more sleep than I usually do. So. Really? I thought you were like up way later than you normally are. No, I'm only up like an hour later, but I get up like two hours after, so I'm actually probably getting about an hour more than I usually oh, look do. Look at this. It doesn't. It doesn't have to get up till nine twenty nine now. So it's easy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, nine fifteen if I shower. Um, <laughs> if if being the keyword. Yeah, probably should have said if. Um, but I've actually. Uh, had a lot on this week, as have us all. It's been a, after maybe a week or two, a bit of a lull, things are kicking off again. We've oh, got yeah. lots happening this week. First of all, I reviewed a game called Predator Hunting Grounds, which, mm-hmm. if you didn't know, is a game about Predator. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's based. Is it is based he hunting on the, the ground? Based on the film. He is. Well, I mean, it's based on the first. based on the first film specifically, really. Like, it is, but it's set in modern day, so it's you know, it's like the so Predator reboot. Yeah. So did Arnie? Did like Dutch and well, that uh, is in the, the other no- characters? They still exist, <laughs> they- I think, because in the notes they're like uh, on the tutorial bit about mudding up. So in this game, you can use the ground to muddy your body up to <laughs> I love stop your- Arnie's. You can start. So I was going to say Arnie's passed, <laughs> passed that law down through the That's generation. The thing they say like from like eighties research, like we learned <laughs> this is what they basically say. Um, so yeah, you can cover your body in mud temporarily to hide your heat signature from the predator. Because in this game, basically, you could play as the predator, and mm-hmm. you have to try and kill the four human players or you play as one of the four human players and you have to complete a mission and or kill the predator that's the main problem with the game really that (laughs) it should be all about completing your objective and trying to avoid the predator really but 
inevitably every game turns into let's kill the predator because he's far too easy to kill which is a yeah shame. for what who's the, for the person that's supposed to be like the universe's apex predator the ultimate killing machine yeah he's surprisingly easy to absolutely own yeah oh. that's the like if you basically stick together as a four and never like it's fairly easy to do that so well. you don't really need to split up at any it's not like that would be a good thing for the game if like so basically yeah, you have to, do, you to go off and do multiple exactly, objectives like, you have yeah. objectives on the map but you go there they're one at a time and you can stick to a four and if you stick as a four in this game you can pretty much destroy the predator in a minute if he doesn't run away and even if he runs away just follow the luminous green stuff and you'll <laughs> find him. him down um <laughs> yeah but yeah i think that's actually i hadn't thought of that as a good way to balance the game is if there was like two objectives you had to do simultaneously so mm. you had to split into like two teams of two it would make you feel much more vulnerable yeah and i think that would be games, a good twist the games of it i've really enjoyed are ones where the predator is really good mm-hmm. at picking off one at a time yeah and like saying you've got one straggler at the back of the back of the pack down in them and then letting the other three either carry on running on or try and come and heal them and then that's an opportunity to that pound. is the problem and um, i know that's the problem with a lot of games it's going to be dictated by the quality of play you're playing against yeah. but this mm. game seems super reliant on if you're not playing against someone who's very familiar with how to play as the predator you're not gonna have a great time i don't think because yeah. there's also ai like guerrilla fighters to kill as well but they offer very little challenge at all really they're just a distraction they're just they, yeah they're just they? bullet fodder really and yeah it's just i really wanted to like this game and i was looking forward to it and I do think somewhere in there, there is a good game. Like the idea of a 4v1 Predator game should work. And I know a lot of people are enjoying it more than me. I just have struggled to consistently find it fun. But mm. I do think like it might be a similar situation to Friday the 13th when that launched. No one, like there was a, a seed of an idea in there. It was just a broken game. Whereas this game isn't necessarily broken. It's just very unbalanced, I think. But yeah, I think the, the I think big in difference time, be- people all it could be a good game. Yeah, the big difference between the two, I think, is uh, even day one, Jason was a pain in the ass, mm-hmm. And I think even after years of playing that game, only towards the last couple of months did I ever try and assemble the people I'm playing with to say, let's take down Jason, that we can do this if we all team up. Mm-hmm. And there's like seven of you as well when you're doing that. Um, with Predator, it's been out like a week and I'm already um, like... A few days in, we're already like, oh, the Predator's hurt. Let's get him. Let's chase him down. And it should that dynamic should never exist. It should always be trying to avoid him. And if you do manage to kill him, it should be one in a hundred opportunity. And it should have been like you were extremely lucky in that situation because yeah. he fucked up too bad. Mm-hmm. And it feels like you kill him pretty much every other game. Exactly. I That's my the- main issue. Too often, the hunted become the hunter. And that should not be <laughs> that scenario. Yeah. I think the fundamental difference is is that Friday the 13th is set up where everybody is separated at the start and yeah. you know that the only way to take Jason down or at least to escape him is to work together as a tight-knit group. So it's a, the start of that game or like maybe the first third of a match is about trying to find each other and figure out, yes. well, what are our tools? Because you start as a fire squad and you're together, all four of you, and you know that it takes all four of you to take him down, there's absolutely no point in doing anything that splits you up. Whereas if perhaps instead of coming in in a helicopter and rappelling out, you came in a Battle Royale-style plane and you all bailed mm-hmm. out at different times and you had to find your way through the jungle to each yeah. other, that then there'd be yeah. that element that would help 
okay, so I found you. Let's try and find the other two. And the other two are being picked off and all of yeah. that. I can see that working, but it needs a real change with the way that that game is, it works to make that yeah, happen. You could also, you could also have the, um, like you start off with everything you need to take him down as well. Mm-hmm. Like if it was a situation where you dropped in and you don't have the best guns, maybe you just have a handgun or something, and then you can find better weapons as you go. And like you said, and then meet up together. So if you really work together, you can take this thing down, but otherwise you don't stand a chance. I think that would be a much better dynamic here. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that's what I wrote in my review as well. Like, there's very little means that the Predator can divide and conquer the prey. Mm. Like, he can't, there's no real way of splitting them off. Like, he has the net gun, which is probably the most effective way, which can just trap people temporarily in it and they have to break out. At least that demobilizes, it demobilizes, immobilizes uh, (laughs) people. Um, But yeah, it's just. It's too easy to play on that side at the moment. And it also, like, the one thing about Friday the 13th, which is by no means a great polished game, but when you play it, it is nine times out of ten something hilarious happens and you have fun with your friends. In this game, for a series, which is very campy, and, like, the original Predator is, like, it's a ton-in-cheek action film. Like, there's one-liners all over the place. This game is... There's not very much of that. It's all a little bit too serious. Mm. Yeah. Characters could have done with more personality. Like I remember when we first got announced, we were talking about, oh, I'd love to get a Carl Weathers skin or something yeah. like that. Or just You know, just a way to bring the personality of the film with their costumes and their appearance and one-liners. None of that exists. I think maybe on the on the, the voice command wheel, they say, get to the chopper. Mm. That's about it. Like there's nothing else really. Yeah, it needs yeah. that personality. It's just a bit it, of a shame. It needs a little bit more from, as you say, from those films. You know how in the film the Predator shoots Dylan's arm off? Yeah. yeah. Why Why can't the Predator remove people's limbs and then suddenly you have to swap to a different weapon because you can't yeah. hold? exactly. And that's what I re- like. big part of the end of Predator is you find out you can't just one-on-one take him down, which is what you do in the game. Like You have to use traps and you have to like basically lure him into like... Um, Arnie lures him into that big like log trap, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. At the end, yeah. It's like if you could just set up things like that, like just just a bit more. It feels it's all just a bit too straightforward. You just go from mm. A to B and it's done. Like yeah. that's crazy that you mentioned about the kills as well. Because one thing Friday Thirteenth had was Jason had like. 50 different types of kills like you could unlock more as you went but there's some of them were like context sensitive around the environment predator literally has two and they're just one's a sped up version of the other one and it's just (laughs) claim them rip their skull out or rip their skull out with their spine and that's it it all just feels like it all just feels early access and a bit rushed to me like Hmm. i know often those things aren't you can't often always blame a studio because it's not in their hands all the time when a game comes out but i do honestly think in a year, it could be a much better game. I know I agree, that's not yeah. much for people that are buying it now, but it, I think I, I think, there I think is there's still there. value there. But it's yes, right now it's not the finished article. It needs work and it needs refining, and then hopefully, like you said, in a year's time, it could be like what Battlefront Two became or No Man's Sky or something like that. They could yeah, like really Friday refine the format. Did become or Friday Thirteenth, yeah. yeah. Although saying that, the core of Friday Thirteenth was always there. Yeah, I suppose that dynamic yeah. was there. But yeah, that is why I gave it. A five out of ten, which is mediocre, which <laughs> pretty much sums it up. Dale, you've reviewed Hello. a game. I have. Uh, it's back. 
That's what? 26 <laughs> years. Streets of Rage is back. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I reviewed Streets of Rage 4. It's actually my first ever review for IGN as well, mm-hmm. which was a bit scary. Congratulations, Dale. Uh, thank you. How's it uh, feel? Go, t- take us through the process. Uh, there's a lot of feeling anxious, <laughs> uh, a lot of uh, doubting myself a lot of the time. Uh, but no, I think like... I got help through with some of the reviews team and stuff and I really feel like I they helped me boil down what my thought process with this game was and that is that it's a very good game mm. but it is still it doesn't feel like it takes any massive steps forward like it still feels like this game could have came out mm-hmm. 15 years ago and it would have been an accurate street they would have been the exact same streets of yeah. Rage 4 like there's, there's small improvements which are great and the, I really do like all the improvements I just feel like it doesn't feel like a 2020 game See, I'd have no idea where to start and review this game because it's just not my genre or I've never really got into those style of games so I wouldn't know really mm-hmm. what makes a good one um, mm-hmm. I briefly remember playing Streets of Rage 1 or 2 at my granddad's house probably when I was about 6 or 7 like I think okay. he had a Genesis and I <laughs> that's my only real memories of playing Streets okay. of Rage <laughs> uh, so in case anyone doesn't know as well Streets of Rage is like, as an arcade beat em up which is the side scrolling mm. one so you move from plate to plate and you have bad guys in there you take out the bad guys you beat yeah. all the bad guys as a usually two player and then there's uh objects in the environment that you can hit to get points and health pickups and weapon pickups mm. that's basically it you move from screen to yeah. screen beating guys up but there, there is a lot of fun to be had, like especially like for someone like me who did play the original three like quite religiously, and I used to play it with my brother quite a lot. It was a game we played together. There was a lot of fond memories there, and I do think it's sort of it recaptures a lot of that, and especially because it's got uh, two player online co op, and it's also got four player local co op. I didn't get to play four player because we're stuck in houses right now, and You've I don't have four, four people. people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I haven't got four people. Well, you've got but two hands, you and you and your wife, two hands each, uh, play mate, with one. I would never be able to get my wife to play this game because <laughs> I was playing it loads of reviews. Well, at one point she walked past me, looked at it, and she goes, "I hate this game." <laughs> I was like, "Good job, you're not reviewing it." <laughs> uh, no, but I did. I played online with uh, Jesse. Me and Jesse played the whole game together online, and we had a really good, good fun time doing it. But there's still so many things how that feel long, like '90s as well. How long is the God. game? Uh, so my first playthrough was about between two and three hours so it's okay. not massive and that's dying multiple times as well like now mm-hmm. i could do that game in 50 minutes i think yeah. each stage is about five to okay five to ten minutes it's and there's 12 of them or what how long ago was three so 1994 so 26 <laughs> years that is longer than i even thought <laughs> and i think i think that's the problem as well like that's 26 years but it still feels like just an iterative like update. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a significant one. Like, it look, the hit, visually, yeah, all the nostalgia visually it looks hits. incredible and absolutely they're going for nostalgia. And and it's it's plainly obvious. Like in the marketing campaign for that, they were talking about all the retro characters and all the retro. You can change all the filters and you have all the old sound effects, music. They know the audience, right? And then they targeted that. And I think I say in the review, if they're trying to make like a modern version of Streets of Rage that hits all those nostalgia hits and appeases that crowd, then they absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. What I wanted was just a few more extra steps. Yeah. Like the whole it's game constant, the whole game feels mostly sluggish to me. And I felt like in the nineties that worked, but now it felt like this could be a lot faster. We could move, move quicker. The combat could be more intense. The combos could be better. Mm-hmm. There could be more variety in the combos instead of punch, punch, kick, punch, punch, kick, special move, punch, kick. Like I feel like there's more that could be done with the combat. Yeah. Um, but 
is a good game and I, I expect it to sell well as well so hopefully you see Streets of Rage 5 and then who knows what they could do well, with that yeah well Dot, Dot Emu are the guys doing Windjammers 2 as well where's Windjammers mm. 2 get that out I want to throw some discs yeah. Did you, Matt? Did you have any interest in Streets of Rage? Um, when I was a kid, uh, I'd never played it at all. I can remember it. It was on the Mega Drive, right? I yes, remember. Yeah. I remember a lot of friends being super into it, but it took me a, a long time to get into games that weren't based on things that I already knew. So my Mega okay. Drive was just full of Disney games as a kid. Mm-hmm. I just played like Toy Story yeah. games and the Donald Duck stuff, and so it probably wouldn't have been until I had a PC, probably by. 99 2000 that i would have started playing games that weren't based on other things so streets of rage completely passed me by but i did the can you remember the scott pilgrim game they did yes yeah that was that was a streets of rage homage basically absolutely it was a streets of rage game i had a great time with that so i probably have a great time with streets of rage i reckon yeah that scott pilgrim game i have such a hazy memory of it because i remember really liking it i played it loads and then because it just disappeared and now you can no longer get it I can barely remember. I really should watch like a YouTube video of it because I barely remember it, apart from the fact that it was like a Streets of Rage clone is basically what it was. You can't, am I right in thinking you can't get that game anymore? Yeah, it doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, yeah you can't get it anywhere. It's because the license ran out. Is that right? Something I say. like that. And yeah. I, I mean, I mainly really fondly remember it for the music because it got a really, really good chiptune soundtrack, which yeah. it, it, it really nicely meshed with both the gameplay of that game and what you know of Scott Pilgrim from the movies and the comics. Was, yeah. It was kind of a really cool little project and like it cost next to nothing. I remember yeah. that being really cool. But yeah, so I think I'd probably get something out of Streets of Rage. It's not my favourite yeah, genre, I, but... I do I do think, uh, yeah, it's it's good fun to play co-op. Like playing it on your own, I definitely felt moments like the repetition and like I said, the sluggishness is the biggest thing for me. Like when you're moving through environments, especially when you play as Floyd, who's like a big tanks character, so he's obviously slower than the other characters. But it moves so incredibly sluggish that it feels like a nineties game at that point. It's almost like, um, copying the the slower frame rate of those games, right? And I yeah, guess is, so, that, is is the feel of that frame rate so part of the DNA of those games that they feel they can't go away from it? Potentially, I, I definitely feel like they knew they knew their motive, right? They knew our agenda is we've got to deliver this nostalgic experience and put a modern look of paint on it, and, that, and then maybe make a couple of like modern tiny touches but no, don't rock the boat too much really don't upset the fans and it definitely feels like that and it, it succeeds at that I just was personally looking for it just a little bit more out of it yeah. but it's a good game do you know uh, who did rock the boat a lot oh here we go the Vikings <laughs> and they're <laughs> on their long ships yeah Assassin's yeah. Creed oh do you not see him on the seas rocking all over the place did I see the Vikings on the seas no yeah. I didn't no. oh, you never before lived. my time you never lived um, <laughs> have you been to the Yorvik Viking Centre in York though I have I, have. No, I went on a school good, trip as a kid yeah oh, it was very good. A good school trip that yeah it's excellent I just, I just think my family did like a weekend break to York one time but yeah, well, I was in the Midlands. It was a little easier to get get up north, wasn't it? Uh, it's not that close, though. It's still about three or four hours away, isn't it? It was a long ass journey. <laughs> yeah. there. And yeah. as a as a, I'd be what nine years old, ten years old. It was a very impatient journey. I can tell you that. Oh, yeah. I was I was lucky enough when I went to Uni and Leeds to go to York a couple of times. I love one of my favourite UK cities. There you go. I'm not going to make a list <laughs> of those a right now. moment. There we go. <laughs> right in with your oh, favourite cities. I love to have a little wander down the shambles. Um, (laughs) anyway Assassin's Creed is coming we don't know if it's coming to York but you'd imagine if it's a Viking invasion of 
England game that York may well feature at some point. Um, yes, they please. have announced <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Yeah, good name. It like looks it. very much my cup of tea. That trailer looks incredible. Yeah, like, the visual fidelity of it is like I think it may be one of the best like CGI trailers I've mm-hmm. ever seen. Like visually, mm-hmm. it's just so. The incredible. Assassins ones are always so good. And they always do their little like piano version of a song as well. <laughs> yeah, mm. but it's also like you know the use of light and environment and stuff in that trailer mm. just really sets the tone for what we're going to experience. And though like you know siege combat as well, I'd imagine is going to yeah. be. Incredible. And it's just good to know yet again another confirmed thing for next gen because we still haven't mm-hmm. heard that much of what's coming for it, and we know that it says holiday twenty twenty, so we don't know if it's a launch game yet, but it is coming soon after the PS5 mm. and Xbox One X, Series X <laughs> come out. Um, what you guys, but I really love a, a game announcement, then six months later you've got the game yeah, situation. Yeah, it's great. But yeah. this game, we obviously don't know too much about it. We know that you play as a Viking, which is cool, because mm-hmm. so often the Vikings are kind of the, the pictured yeah, as the villains and... We don't know, like history obviously is told from the side of the victors. So we don't mm-hmm. know how bad. They obviously did a lot of not savoury stuff, <laughs> but <laughs> they also, who knows if they were bad. I, I just sound like a real big, like, I, th- I think they were. Viking apologist. Apologist here, yeah. Like, I, don't, I think uh, they were good guys. <laughs> As someone by my blonde hair who clearly has Scandinavian roots somewhere in the thing, I'm going to say they were probably nice people. They just liked raiding. <laughs> you're into, you're into them because you exist because of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm into it. But I like that from the sounds of it, they're taking some of the stuff that people love from Black Flag, but mixing Mm -hmm. that with also a lot of what people love from Odyssey, which sounds like a good combo to me. You've got, I'm guessing there's, well, they've shown ships. There's got to be some form of naval combat going on if you've got long ships. Um, You've also got, they're hinting heavily towards, you basically have a whole settlement. You kind of look after, we don't know in what degree that is. If it's like a town you have to keep, intact or if it's more like i remember when the build up to red dead 2 they were talking a lot about oh you have to keep your camp healthy and stuff you didn't really have to do anything nah. for them yeah like it was remember nice to assassin's, go assassin's creed 2 it probably wasn't as complicated as what i'm remembering but it felt like you had your where his villa was and mm. your area and you constantly had to funnel money in and upgrade elements yeah was yeah like, you did. You're building up your your home base weren't you i really like that and i'd love to see that like progressed further i think that's well. what we might see mm-hmm it seems really to cool. be hinting at that. The other thing I know is because we, um, by now, will have a lovely article on site mm-hmm. from Jonathan, mm-hmm. who's spoken to the gameplay director, who's actually Ashraf Ismail, who's one of my favorite Assassin's Creed directors. He directed Black Flag and he directed Origins, which I think Perfect. are the two two of the big crux moments in this series. Black Flag mm-hmm. really did something new with what Assassin's Creed could be. All that pirate stuff was brilliant. And Origins is the one that transformed it into what is a really, really solid RPG now. It's gone, because I don't think Assassin's Creed has ever actually been a good stealth game. And I think mm. the decision to transform it into a big open world RPG is probably the best move they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I'm excited to see what his, he's the guy that obviously transforms the series and people, and then the other studios sort of iterate on what he has moved around, at mm-hmm. least for the last couple of generations so i'm really excited to see what he's doing with this one mm. i'm looking forward to seeing some castles yeah castles good 
Let's smash I them up. I hope we get like full on sieges. That'll be cool. If you could pull a little bit of, you know how in, if any of you guys played For Honor, where you can do the big castle battles in that, where you've just got hundreds of guys with you. Mm. They obviously had the um, conquest battles in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, where you were working with dozens yeah. and dozens of other people. Like I'd love to see a segment where you're running mm. through a moat up to the gates <laughs> of a castle. I feel like we may get those battles back just from that CGI trailer. It's pretty much a battle scene. So yeah. I'm guessing we are going to end. They even had a bit of like Odin appears in the trailer and then turns mm. into a raven. Yeah. Obviously, they've gone heavy on mythical stuff in the past couple of games. And yeah, it'd be cool to see a lot of that come into it as well. Yeah. Well, you know, I've ju- I've been thinking recently about things like God of War, which mm. w- really opened my eyes to because God of War doesn't look at the traditional mythology it you know major characters in that game are are thor's two sons which are just never really mentioned when you think of norse mythology yeah and so i'm really excited to see what bits that it digs into because if you're playing as a viking and your religion is the the norse pagan religion it's probably going to give us a bit of an eye-opener and it's going to be from the perspective of actual vikings rather than because so many games you are part of the like the azir or or whatever element of the pantheon you actually are a god whereas in this point we're actually seeing it from the perspective of vikings yeah i I, I find all of this fascinating i love norse storytelling so it's so good and i love also the fact that like they, I think the main part of the game is in England, but you can mm-hmm. go back to Scandinavia. I think, in particular, Norway at any point. And I would like if almost it is split in that way. Like you have all your real world stuff in England, and then you go back to Norway, and that's where all the mythological kind of like side missions come into it, and you can do all those bits. And maybe that's you go back there to get like weird upgrades, like maybe you're going to be able to wield Fort's hammer or something that looks like it at some point. Yeah. Aren't you? You'll also get uh, taught basically how, because Berserkers, which are like effectively a common video game trope now, but that that is a, a Viking thing where these guys believed that they were basically part of the cult of the bear and mm. they they wear furs and build themselves into a frenzy and they go out and attack. That is That is clearly a like a, a skill tree path, isn't it? To build yourself into a, a frenzied warrior. Dale, have you ever worn a animal's pelt, covered yourself in the blood of an enemy and run around the garden? <laughs> uh, just that one time, but then the police got involved. So uh, it's probably best I don't do it again. Yeah, don't use the axes like you do. <laughs> uh, Matt, you've been yes. playing a game. You haven't reviewed a game, but you have been playing one. No, I did not review this one, but I have been playing XCOM Chimera Squad, which when Dale, you were saying, isn't it great that you get an announcement and then six months later you get the game? Well, Chimera Squad was, I think it was, they announced it and a week later it came out. Yeah. So oh, that's good. Bang it. And it came out for £8.50. Bang in. £8.50. What and a deal. It's good. It's not, it's not even that short an XCOM game is it so let me hold on since I'm in front of my PC let me I have done 20 hours in Chimera Squad according to Steam nice and I'm not finished yet sweet is that just because you can't get past the first mission or Uh, it is not Simon (laughs) I'm actually actually okay at tactics games so John that's randomly reminded me of you know in uh, Caddy you all know this in well maybe not in the full version but in Football Manager they have that little counter that shows you like value what you're getting in the game 
So it says like how many minutes, like how many pence per hour you spent in the game. Oh, I do not. You do not get that in the full one there. Really? No. I love that. It tells you <laughs> how making... long you've played for, not value. But it's just, I thought, oh, every game had that. No. So I knew what value I was getting out of it. Carry um, on anyway. I'm um, going to find uh, out how yeah, much I've I actually do enjoy tactics games, but I, uh-huh. unlike you, Matt, aren't very good at them. Especially XCOM. I have played a lot of XCOM and I normally get halfway through the game, realise what I've got put together cannot get me much further and then give mm-hmm. up. It's, they're, they're hard. And I think XCOM is notably hard, especially if it's your first tactics game. Um, but... I think I'm not going to say that this one is easier, but the way that your squad is assembled is quite different, which gives you, I think, a lot more tactical options from the offset. So it is not technically a sequel to XCOM 2, but it is a sequel in the fact that canonically it takes place after XCOM 2 It is the next chapter of that story. So in XCOM 1, we had to deal with the fact that aliens had invaded Earth and you were playing as the XCOM project defending the planet. Uh, XCOM... Two was about okay the aliens actually won that war and you were XCOM was now a rebellion movement striking from the shadows by XCOM Chimera Squad it's Earth has now managed to broker a peace deal with the aliens so now aliens live among us Chimera Squad is an XCOM initiative and as we know Chimera is the mixing of species Mm -hmm. your squad is a mixture of species of different aliens and humans uh, and you're now basically a police team. So the the actual scale of the game has gone from it's not a global map where you're dealing with global threats. It's actually set, it, it's all around City 31. And basically the mayor has been killed by a terrorist group oh, and you man. and your squad is, is chasing the leads. But obviously your squad is, you've got a few humans on there and you've got a few of all of the different types of XCOM races. So one of them uh, is a viper, which is basically a giant snake. Um, one is, I can't remember what the, the bigger guys are called, but they're effectively the Hulk. So you can have him Hulk out and go and smash things up. Uh, you've got the sectoids, which are, I guess, your classic grey aliens that can use... The what? Yeah. What did you say then? Sectoids. <laughs> okay, right. We, we both thought you said something else. <laughs> you, 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 Dual senses. <laughs> no, you definitely do not ship Virgin from Ann Summers, I can tell you that. <laughs> um, so, Sorry, we derailed you there. <laughs> Uh, so yeah so you've got all of these different characters but they all have the um the elements of either the race that they come from or maybe the background that they were trained in so each of your humans tend to have slightly different elements that are more based around gunplay or hacking and stuff like that whereas your aliens all have like uh talk who's the viper she can pull things in with her tongue and then wrap around them and choke them out or she can use poison not a sex toyed uh (laughs) No, I mean, she's a viper, but maybe, I don't know what, what your bag is, Cardi. <laughs> you'll, you'll never find out. Um. <laughs> well, all of this ties together to what they've done is each of the missions are basically like SWAT takedown missions. So you start with a, a set of doors and you breach them and create like a surprise attack on the people that are in the room. And as you're doing that, you can throw grenades in as you enter the room and then... It becomes a very, very quick fire way that you go through it, whereas XCOM missions traditionally are, are quite slow, methodical elements where you're mm. moving five people around and trying to figure out, okay, if I move this guy here and move this person four squares to next to them, they might be able to join up and focus on this enemy. Uh, Chimera Squad is much more based on, it's it's an initiative-based turn, so one person takes a turn, another person takes a turn. 
and you're moving between characters rather than sides. Okay. And that allows much more minute based tactics around specific people rather than squads. Yeah. And so it's, it, it feels much faster. It's much more in line with that SWAT element. So while it's not, you, you definitely wouldn't say it's XCOM 3 because it doesn't feel advanced enough to be XCOM 3. It's not got huge changes. But the small changes it does make makes for a very different feeling game. Yeah. And I think it's really good. I think nice. like, I genuinely think it's a. Am I right in thinking game. there's no permadeath in it as well? Because that's a big thing in XCOM, isn't it? Yeah. So what in traditional XCOM, obviously, you'd create, you'd have randomly created characters, and the general way that people would play that is they normally give them names, and quite often yeah. you'd name them after your mates, and then yeah. <laughs> it's quite funny to sort of tell people like you send a text to your mate and go, "Oh, sorry, I got you killed because you were just an absolute shit shot." Um, <laughs> Whereas in Chimera Squad, each of those characters are actual characters with personalities. They have dialogue and quips that they talk throughout the missions and stuff like that. So obviously, if you killed them, with the amount of times people die in XCOM, those yeah. character writers would have had to have designed exactly. like 100 different characters for you to survive mm-hmm. a campaign. So yeah. now, um, if they get killed in a mission they're KO'd, you bring them back to base with you and they get what's called a scar, which is basically a, a, a debuff. So sometimes that's, they no longer have as much health as they used to. They might've had 15 health. No, they only have nine. Whereas okay. for some people it might impact their mobility. So they can't move as far, impact their aim. So they're, they're a shitter shot. And basically you can put them into rehabilitation to get that scar off them. Wasn't Just- there a game that had something like that recently? Where it was, um, oh, was it uh, the Hunt Showdown? Had something like yeah, that. You can, uh, yeah, you can lose characters in that, yeah. yeah. Um, does that inherently make you play more aggressively as well? Because you haven't got that thing at the back of your head saying, oh, if I take a risk here, this person's gone forever. So it's interesting. It, it does the thing that I really like that XCOM 1 does that XCOM 2 didn't do so much is that you know how in the whole idea of XCOM is turning the tables on your aggressors. So you learn how to make better weapons, which means that gradually actually the game gets slightly easier as you go on because suddenly all your characters are really buff. It's kind of got that in the at the start of the game you actually play really cautiously because if one of your characters gets shot and they have to you have to put them into rehabilitation, it takes them about 3 or 4 days to rehabilitate from that scar which means that at the beginning of the game you'll only have one set of squad members so you've got four and you need all four of them on the battlefield so mm-hmm. if one of them gets shot you have to take them in with you and they're gonna have less health or not be yeah. as good at shooting mm-hmm. whereas as the game goes on and you gradually recruit more characters it becomes not as debilitating to have a character out of action for a while so then as you go on you can play a little bit more aggressively because you don't have to worry if that person gets knocked out because it's fine to not have them in battle for a while. Yeah. Um, so there's that to balance. But yeah, I guess in total, if you've got someone that's an incredible shot with a bunch of really good abilities that built up over the game, hmm. then you you don't have to worry. There's no There's no fear in sending them right out on the front line and being super aggressive. So it does certainly change the tone of the game. And the game in general is quite a lot funnier than mm. XCOM generally is. They are, it's a buddy cop game, for okay. lack of a better term. All right. Yeah. I might Not check it out. It, I'm guessing it's only PC at the moment. Yeah, yeah, but I think that's how XCOM 2 launched, right? It was only yeah. PC at the start and then they bought into console. So mm-hmm. I think once they've worked out the bugs, because this... 
I absolutely understand that it was an £8.50 game, so I have no right necessarily <laughs> to fully complain about this. But this game is not quite ready. <laughs> there uh-huh. are a lot of bugs, and some of them range from animations where... I certainly in my, I think they might have patched it out by now, but certainly my first few uh, days that I was playing it, if I had Talk, who's the snake-like character, do a specific attack, it would lock her animation. So everything she'd do, it was almost like moving a chess piece around. She just didn't do anything, which is quite annoying because then all the other animations break around her. Um, and quite frequently, like things in the menu don't work properly, and they tell you like if you stack people up against the door. It's only the second person that's stacked that can like chuck a grenade in. But quite often it'll tell me, no, this character can't chuck a grenade. But if you click it, it will just let you do it. But the menu <laughs> is telling you you can't. Uh, and there's wrong. all little elements like this that, that are just mildly annoying. And because the gameplay yeah. is so good, I'm, I'm going to forgive it. I, I will but check it out. It something. needs a good patch. I yeah. tend to give every XCOM game at least a go. So I will give it a go at some point. I also want to play finally telling lies because that came out on switch ps4 and xbox i think this week the mm-hmm. um what's his name i've completely forgotten i do apologize uh, sam Marlow, isn't it that's it apologies sam you probably not listen to this uh but her story was very good and i've been wanting to play telling lies for ages and do you know what i've waited all this time and i probably will just end up playing it on pc because <laughs> i've been meaning to for months and it came out on all consoles this week and it only served as a reminder for me to get it on PC. So, Because <laughs> it all takes place on a laptop anyway, I think, so mm-hmm. it feels weird. Yeah. It's probably the best place to play it. So I'll probably be playing that this weekend. Uh, but this week, some stuff I've been doing is me and Joe played through Euro 2020. If you're missing a bit of It's Football Day, we've got it back in kind of a partial way. It's not really it's football day, but it is me and Joe playing football manager, so it's kind of close. Yeah, I mean, that's it, right? That's yeah. what you want. Um, we have released, they'll all be out by the time we listen to this, a three-part series with the lovely guys and gal at the Football Ramble Daily, who are a very good... If, you if you're into football and you don't listen to the Football Ramble, sort it out, because yeah. they're brilliant. Uh, but yeah, me and Joe have played through... Euro 2020 because that's not happening in real life anymore, sadly. So we've done it instead as England, and we've got three pe- different pairs of commentary teams from the Football Ramble uh, commentating on the matches, and yeah. it is at times very funny. So yeah. I would welcome you to listen to it's, that. Well, listen it's to it. Very I say surreal. watch it. It's all on YouTube on site. We mm. were going to do it as a podcast, but it just. We listen to it. It doesn't really work without seeing the matches themselves, sadly. But yeah. it's all on YouTube if you search Football you want, Ramble IGN. You want to see what people are reacting to as well. And hearing the, hearing those voices talk about Football Manager games like it's the real deal as well. Yeah. It's very surreal, it but it's very entertaining as yeah. well. Uh, so, yeah, if you're into football, get on that. If you're not into football, still give it a go. I mean, I I don't blame <laughs> you. I have very little interest in that, to be honest. Uh, if you like to hear Cardi and Joe chatting... And then some extra yeah, we're brief. I mean, we're in it a lot less than the other guys, but you know, yeah, you guess, you guess, you guess enough. Uh, I've also been carrying watching the Last Dance, the Chicago Bulls. It's just a sports section for me. That's yep. the Chicago mm-hmm. Bulls documentary about them in the nineties uh, on Netflix. Mm. It's still very good. There's two episodes every Monday. The last two kind of focused Ooh. on Dennis Rodman. Okay, more. so I've only seen the first two. I didn't realise there was two a week. Yeah, two every Monday. So you've got two more <gasps> to watch. 
And the Lovely. the last two are very good, even better probably. And yeah, they focus a lot on Dennis Rodman, who good, as well as being an incredible basketball <laughs> player, is a character. And also, don't you have a story about Dennis Rodman? Oh, yeah, I've been in the same swimming pool as Dennis Rodman, <laughs> which is a bizarre <laughs> thing. Well, in my head, I thought you'd said, um, oh, what they called, like a mini miniature spa thing. Oh, oh hot tub. a jacuzzi. Hot tub, like a jacuzzi. For some reason, when you told me that story before, I thought it was a jacuzzi. It was a small <laughs> swimming pool in LA. Um, <laughs> it was, uh, I was lucky enough. So my school did a mad school trip to Hollywood. <laughs> that is and such a posh show, isn't he? Look at I'm him, not, going to Hollywood really for school. Not, like, <laughs> luckily my parents saved up for years for me to go on that. But, like, they send sixth form media, six media students on a media trip to Hollywood for a week. It's just Jesus a holiday Christ. for the teachers. Um, uh, I went to the Motor Museum in Coventry. <laughs> I had the choice between that or Barbados for the football oh, for and cricket tour. And oh, I chose that. Hollywood. Uh, but enough. yeah, basically the hotel we were staying at, which the Roosevelt on Hollywood Boulevard, uh, Dennis Robin must have been staying there because he was in the swimming pool one morning. <laughs> I bet you're staying thing. at the same hotel that celebrities are staying at as well. And this also the most um, expensive trip. As we were leaving, uh, Jermaine from Flight of the Concords and what we do in the shadow uh, helped my friend's suitcase down the stairs. So he was a nice man. Was oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a weird time to be 17. Because you can't do a lot in Hollywood when you're 17. Uh, no. <laughs> but apart it from was it's like, apart from swimming, apart from swimming, swimming with, with Dennis Rodman. Rodman. <laughs> <laughs> that might be the title of my biography: swimming with Dennis Rodman. I, w- I mean, I wouldn't go around shouting that you were a 17 year old swimming with Dennis Rodman. It's not the best. <laughs> he's, look, not, is it? he's not known for any of that. He it's might be now, though. Well, <laughs> you I'll might start it. something off. Well, it's on record. <laughs> Nothing happened. <laughs> uh, Dale, what, have you been swimming? Hey, back to Dennis Rodman. I can imagine all his, uh, all his like hair dye and stuff like that just seeping into the swimming pool as well. He looks like a very dirty man at all times. As well. <laughs> wow. Uh, I don't know if his hair was dyed when I. Was, I think he just had his natural hair at this time, but a very what? tattooed man. Yeah, this very was tattooed, very a good pissed. ten years ago now. So hmm. yeah. Anyway, what was the question? Have I been yeah, swimming? Well, yeah, have you been swimming with Dennis Rodman? <laughs> yeah. Not with Dennis Rodman, no, but I have been swimming once or twice. Have you? Yeah. What's your favourite stroke? Or... Ooh. Um, I think a, bre- a traditional breaststroke is probably... Oh, right into IGN underscore UK feedback <laughs> dot com. Is that it? Yeah, IGN underscore UK, UK feedback at IGN dot com. Uh, yeah, what yeah. is your favourite swimming stroke and why? <laughs> Caddy, you strive as a doggy partridge. paddle kind of guy. I'm just a, I'm just same as you. Standard front crawl, no messing. Yeah, just get across, make a splash. That's you're how I get through life, butterf- really. Get you're through not doing quickly the big and make a maneuver. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> Which complex. is it? But, is, it's not butterfly. It's um, what's the one that looks really odd? Not oh. butterfly no, breast no, front. Oh, what's the other no one? No idea, mate. Not exactly uh, um, an expert in What have you, what have you been doing, Dale, uh, um, though? Sorry. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so apart from playing Streets of Rage and Predator, um, so I've been re-watching the MCU every night, and I think that's just because in the UK we've obviously recently got Disney+. Plus, and um, I find myself staying up later at night and I'm looking for things to watch. I started off by watching Iron Man, then I thought, oh, I'll watch Iron Man too. And then I uh, just sort of spiralled in, and now I'm up to Winter Soldier right now. I'm halfway through Winter oh, so Soldier. Are you doing them all in proper order? 
So I'm doing about half a film a night. I watch like half a film and then I'll watch the second half of it the next night. Uh, I did only watch half of Thor The Dark World because I got half of it and I was like, really can't be asked to still carry on. Wild the sec- yeah, it's still one of the two I've not seen. The I'm, second I'm, half of Thor 2, though, is the better half. Like, you get I a just, portal battle in the second half. I think the problem is it's not the Thor I like. Mm. I like Thor Ragnarok for, and it just it doesn't feel the same. It you didn't like Thor before seriously. Thor Ragnarok? Even uh, the first Thor, I thought, was a very good film when it came out. I didn't enjoy it as much. I think that was very early days, though, and mm. I think like, the spectacle's been raised so much, it's hard to sort of compete with that now. Um, but I did... Uh, I still don't really enjoy the first Captain America either. I don't know what it is. Really? It I, really I like the first me. one. But I think uh, Winter Soldier really, like, I'm only halfway through it right now, and I've seen it before, obviously, but it's really doing it's it for good, me. very good, I And I'm, I'm excited to get to Civil War, I think, is the one I'm really excited to get to, because I've only ever watched that the one time at the cinema when it came out. Oh, so. Civil War is, yeah, maybe, it's in my top five. I love Civil War. Mm. I, I think I, I think- prefer it to Winter Soldier. Yeah, I think I'm going to skip over Guardians of the Galaxy and th- I mean the reason is I've seen it so many times yeah. and it's so self-contained I don't feel the need to watch it I again like yeah. I really love that film I just don't need to watch it again I'm watching the ones I don't really remember as well I think like Iron Man 3 I watched that the other day and that is a brilliant film I really Good. like that film yeah mm-hmm. I, I'm always, always, always surprised with the hate that film got oh, I think so that's relevant too oh yeah but I think part of maybe the hate is down to it promises the Mandarin, the Mandarin and, yeah. and I guess for uh, at that time I still I think even at the Iron Man 3 point even though the world was getting MCU fever quite yeah. a lot of the conversation was geared by the comic book readers I think yes. those people definitely wanted the Mandarin because he's such an iconic villain for Iron Man and yeah. they got a good joke mm, and yeah. Nerds aren't always well known for taking a good joke, are they? See, the the thing I like about the MCU the most right now is the comedy. I feel like like the inclusion of comedy into pretty much every film is always like something that keeps me watching. That's why I love Guardians of the Galaxy so much, and I really love Ant Man as well because of that. Well, it's just like when you go to the supermarket, like you're looking for a good Mandarin, and they've only got Satsumas. I mean, it's just a letdown. And Uh, I prefer a clown. I can tell you've been sitting on that for about. You've been sitting on that for about 30 do, do seconds. You really you're just waiting for me to shut up so you can get that in. Um, <laughs> you were just also waiting for me to show on IGN uh, underscore UK feedback, IGN.com. The, I want your top three smaller sized orange fruits. Um, oh God, so okay. we're not counting bigger oranges. We're talking tangerines, satsumas, clementines. You know, clementines are my personal favourite. Uh, I'll have you know. Just fruits in general. So, like, kiwi fruit could be in there. Orange the fruits, mix. they all listen. Oh, I wasn't listening better. to you, mate. <laughs> oh, hang on. How many different orange, small orange fruits? Are oh, there? there'll be some. People know some. People always know okay. their fruits. I say, you know, <laughs> I say, you know, if you don't really know someone, do they know their fruit? Mm, Matt, okay. do you know your fruit? <laughs> um, I I know apples. Uh, <laughs> What's your favourite apple? Yeah. Um, so uh, until recently, it used to be the jazz, but it's now the pink lady. Ooh, yes, pink the pink lady one. is the king. Yeah, I've, lady like, <laughs> I've heard a lot of talk of the honey crisp, but I've never actually had a honey crisp. I've been hearing a lot of that recently. A lot of rumours <laughs> in the wind about the honey what crisp. What are these circles that you used to are in <laughs> talking about honey crisp apples? Are you not on fruitchat.com? <laughs> it's the Reddit. It's really good. Ah, uh, apple. <laughs> when I was younger, I was all about the golden delicious and the Granny Ooh. Smith. But I, so, these I li- days, a Granny I Smith like Granny is Smith. far too bitter for me. 
Oh, so I I have fond memories of the Granny Smith being a real good <laughs> sharp a good sharp apple. Bought some yeah. the other day. Shit, mates. Utter oh. shit. They need to be really fresh at Granny Smith, like really fresh. Like if yeah. they just gone off just a little bit, get rid of them in the bin. Mm. Do you eat apples while you cloud game, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> um, I've been eating grapes actually while mm. I uh, I cloud game. <laughs> what have you been cloud game? <laughs> So um, I've been having a little experiment. Basically, uh, NVIDIA hooked me up, as the influencers say, with uh, <laughs> uh, with some GeForce Now, <laughs> oh, which is their equivalent the of Stadia. The use that as well? Oh, I'd imagine they do. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Why would you not? GeForce <laughs> Now is such an awful name. <laughs> in, the pre- in the email when they sent you it, it's like, I have some GeForce Now. <laughs> What have you been doing um, on it? So I guess I've been basically what you do is it's it's not like Stadia in that it's its own it platform and you have to, well, there's that. <laughs> so it does actually work. I'll put that out Ooh, there. Bonus. Um, I've been relatively impressed with it, but what it is, is it's closer to xCloud than it is Stadia. So whereas Stadia is its own sort of platform and you have to buy games for Stadia. Uh, GeForce Now is based around the games that you you already own in your in like your Steam library or your Epic library, just PC games you already own, but that maybe you want to play on a better PC than the one that you own. So I generally don't need that because my PC is pretty good anyway. But oh. it's certain. All right, I'm not trying to brag, but <laughs> the one thing I will say is I That's built nice. my PC in 2013, so it is getting on a little bit. I spent mm. a lot of money on it to future proof it. But what it certainly can't do is ray tracing, whereas the computer in the cloud that GeForce have can do ray tracing. So instead of playing um, Metro Exodus on my PC, I've been playing it in the cloud, and it's it's it works really well. The one thing that has taken me a little bit of getting used to is you can only run it at 1080p, and my PC is a 1440p monitor. So when I started playing it, I was like oh, this game's a bit blurry, and then realize that it's because I've got so used to playing at 1440p. If I stand back a bit and pretend that my monitor's more of a TV where I'm used to seeing stuff in 1080p, then it's like, oh, it looks it looks fine. Uh, um, but okay. I can get ray tracing, which is nice. That looks pretty. But I think less so than ray tracing. If To me, it was more figuring out, like, is cloud gaming viable for other things? So... It supports Apex Legends and it supports Rainbow Six. So I've played some games of those. And nice. It like feels... no lag or anything? No. So there's definitely occasionally a little bit of lag, but it it doesn't feel... I expected it to be quite sluggish and it to basically be unplayable in multiplayer games, but it's not. It just feels like when you get lag spikes in a normal game of Rainbow or a normal okay. game of Apex. So I was surprised... I, I definitely didn't feel like I was super viable in those games, and I don't know if it's just because we haven't played Rainbow for a while, and I've yeah. you know haven't been back to Apex for about four or five weeks now. But when I was moving my mouse, my gun was following it; like it didn't feel like there was lag or anything like that. Yeah, and mm. it's just I I don't feel like I'm in any way about to swap into cloud gaming and become you know a GeForce person, and especially not when. GeForce suddenly have this bro- problem. GeForce, man. <laughs> I'm a I GeForce just, person now. I'll, I'll put the green, put the green face paint on. Get, get my walls Just live in your room and you just send some avatar out for it. <laughs> you are the cloud. Uh, so yeah, I'm not gonna 
change, but the idea that if suddenly a, a new game comes out that my PC literally can't handle. Yeah. I quite like the idea that if it's supported by the GeForce Now system, which seems to be having a problem with a lot of games deciding that they don't want to be supported by it for some reason. Oh. Hmm. Um, but if it is, I quite like the idea that I could see it at certainly yeah. max settings, if not max resolution. Does Definitely, that work yeah. for VR games? <coughs> I do not know, but I'd imagine probably not. Um, because you'd have to ship a lot of detail because you'd be obviously i'm trying to think what resolution my oculus is it's like 1600 by some of a big number yeah so (laughs) that's a lot bigger than 1080p and obviously with Mm -hmm. vr you have to do that twice right because it's stereoscopic yeah so i'd imagine if you can only do 1080p it's probably not gonna nah Mm. oh well for now we'll just have to play the endless search Inside, it's a UK IGN crew. Yeah, 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 and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Hold tight, the DJ, we're coming through. Yeah, yeah, and the ones and twos. We got the games gonna play for you. Inside, I got a question for you. Is it in the search? I'm gonna do a quiz this week, and when I say hey. that, I say I've got one sent in by a lovely man called Theo Grail, who says, hey, guys. Hey. hey. Oh, there <laughs> How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, he Theo says, Grail. I think you did a quiz similar to this sometime last year, so apologies, apologies to the creator, but I couldn't find what it was called, so I've chosen to name this Bangers and Mash. Ooh. This is because you use the titles of absolute bangers off of each game's original soundtrack as a hint to the game. It's a pretty standard scoring. You get five points for guessing correct on trap one and one point for getting it right on trap five. You know the drill. Nothing imaginative. It's very good. I hope you enjoy it <laughs> and it's not an utter shit show for you all, except Joe. Oh, well, Joe's okay. not here. Um, not here. I will say I like the concept a lot, but what I've done is pretty much written my own questions for it just to tailor it. Because I thought, Ooh, although they were good built questions you sent in, <laughs> I don't think... They were games that you'd necessarily get. <laughs> the thing is that I don't. Although they were good, I don't think they were good. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying they, they weren't for the right people on the podcast. Is what I'm saying. Fair so enough. So I've written my own ones. So here we go. So these are the tiles of tracks on the soundtracks, or the scores, I should say, to these games. You have to guess the. Game. We just have to guess the game, and there's yep. no years, and so no composers, or anything. Some of them like that. might be easier than I maybe thought so. If you get them straight away, I apologise. Right, so here's game number one and trap number one. Swanky Maximino. Oh. Hotline Miami (laughs) 2? Hotline Miami 1? Swanky Maximino. Swanky Maximino. Any clues? No. Okay, number two. Blue Hector. Um, Resogun. I think I've picked games here that I'm pretty sure you've all both played. Okay. So they're not obscure games. Blue Hector. Nothing for Blue Hector. Might be the one that... Okay, here we go. Lost Souls Alliance. Days Gone? No. Uh, Oh, you might be kicking yourself at this point. Yeah, because uh, I'm assuming yeah. that this is that's a reference to like that's a group mm. in the game, isn't it? Yeah, mm. potentially. Yeah, Watchdogs. No. 
Okay, we're going to track four. Bone Wagon. Oh, Grim Fandango? It is Grim Fandango. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There's the Lost Souls Alliance. Max Swanky Maximino. Maximino, I believe, is oh, like is that the, the, is that race the track. I think oh, he's the race track owner, Maximino. And then yeah. Hector is the, the main the villain. Main villain. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Then the last track was going to be Ruba Carver. Because oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. love Rubicava, that city. I would love to visit. <laughs> I want to play that game again, actually. Oh, it's, it's a good a game. Time. I just know it off yeah. by heart now. It's not. It's fun. It's not but, a challenge. Yeah. <laughs> You're just going through the beats. Yeah. So that's two points to Dale. Okay, game number two, track number one. Echoes of an Old Life. Horizon Zero Dawn. No. Uh, the Division. No. I like like we heads out though, Dale. Yeah, that's not me saying you're close. I just like <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> and any you you definitely sense what uh, I'm I'm going for, yeah. Uh, no, no, okay. move on. Track two, a giant's prayer. God of War. It is God of War. Hey, there we go. Three was ben, Witch McCreary, of the Woods. isn't it? The the guy it that is that the very that good is incredible. Mm. We've seen me and Dale have seen part of that live. What a treat that was. amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, Three was Witch of the Woods, four was The Summit, and five was The Ninth Realm. It's quite hard to order these in difficulty, so I apologise if it's not brilliant. But that's six points to Dale now. There's still all to play for, though, Matt. There's no link between these, by the way. Okay, so I'll Don't even try. Uh, Game number three, I pretty much almost just said the name of the game, so that's... uh, (laughs) I just almost said it. Right. Track one, the drive first contact. Oh, Mass Effect. No, that's like a good answer. Um, don't know. No idea. Okay, two, a ruined village. Uncharted two. No. Uh. Ruin Village, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. No. Shall I move on? Yeah. Track three, Hard Road to the Castle. Oh. These are some some very inspired track names. <laughs> You've got the drive, first contact, a ruined village, Hard Road to the Castle. What is this? Oh. No idea. It's about to get a lot easier on the next one. Okay. <laughs> Do you want any last guesses before one of you inevitably gets it? <laughs> I'm drawing a blank. Okay, track four. Del Largo. <laughs> I thought you'd get Maybe it We're that. not going to get it. <laughs> Del Largo. Wait, what? I feel like I'm going to kick myself here. But I think you not ringing any I bells. think especially you will. <laughs> oh, God. I have no idea. Draw a blank. Resident Evil 4? It is Resident Evil 4. Uh, El Largo is the uh, lake boss monster, isn't it? Yeah, right. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have to fire uh, harpoons into it, don't you? Yeah. It's easy when oh. you think about it. the drive, first yes. contact, castle a ruined village. village, hard yes. road to the castle, Del Lago, and then track five, end of umbrella. <laughs> so, there we go. Well, it wasn't the that end. Is wasn't the end. Two points to Matt. 
So it's 6-2. It's, it's getting close. Game four. Green Hills. Sonic the Hedgehog. Nah, I've done you there, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'd do that? Who do you I, was thinking, I was thinking, what Sonic is it going to Is he going to make me go through every Sonic game? It's like Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a Sonic uh, game, I'll give you that. But Green Hills, okay. that's just more of a hint okay. of what the setting of this game might look like. <laughs> okay. Uh, Little Big Planet. No. Uh, Assassin's Creed 3. No. Track 2, Prologue. To the ancient land. <laughs> it's right, not just okay. prologue. <laughs> <laughs> to the ancient land. Is that an Assassin's Creed game? Oh, are you going to make me go for everyone? It's okay. not an Assassin's game. I'm not going to make you okay. go for all of them, though. Yeah. To the ancient land. Mm. You've, got, you've got an idea of setting and time and kind of place. Get those images ancient in your head. Get them swirling. That's swirling. <laughs> Track three. <laughs> Black Blood. Oh, uh, Death Stranding. No. no. Mm. Shadow of Mordor. No. Shadow of oh. War. No. It's a, it's a Lord of the Rings game then of some kind. No. Uh, oh, right, okay. <laughs> no. But you're close. Oh, The Witcher. No. No. Oh. Right. Black Blood. I'll move on if you think. Okay. Uh, oh. No. Red Dead Redemption 2? No. Okay, four. Yeah. <laughs> Resurrection. Fuck. Big, big theme of the game. Big theme. Oh. Oh, Dark Souls? No. No. Not Green Hills and Dark Souls, is it? <laughs> Not really. That's <laughs> a little bit of green. Um, Black fuck. Blood. Resurrection. Do I need to go to track five? Yeah, I think so. Track five, Liberated Guardian. Destiny? Oh, this is Shadow of the Colossus. It is Shadow of the Colossus. Oh, she sorry. said Shadow of twice, and I was like, no. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I thought Black Blood, you might have got it. Uh, well, it makes sense now. All yeah, of I know what you mean. Now. Once you know what it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's one point to match, so it's six three. So you I've actually been it. listening to that soundtrack as well. Oh, it's so like, we saw within the last few days. Well. That's, that is one of my favourite soundtracks. It is impeccable. Right, game five, the last game. You need to get it on the third one to tie. Ooh. Okay, here we go. <laughs> Track one, Lure of Adventure. Uncharted. Uncharted two, three. Four. It's four. Lost, <laughs> Lost Legacy. <laughs> oh, I thought that one might take longer, yeah. but there you go. It was. I'm not going to lie, I was, I was struggling a bit. Uh, so track one, I should have put that one lower down is what I should have done. Uh, yeah. Then we had the 12 Towers, New Devon, just because I don't know if anyone remembers New Devon as the place he goes to. Is that the, really. the place where you have to... Slide down all the shoal sections, and it's all slippy. I think New Devon is just the big island, isn't it? And then Libertalia is the city on New Devon, right? I think that's it. Or is New Devon the like mansion place? I don't know, somewhere around there. Then four was marooned, and then five was sick. Parvis Magna. There we go. So Dale is this week's winner with that is eleven points to three. Unlucky Matt. (laughs) Um, I just thank you for playing really 
and thank you for Theo for the game suggestion. Yeah. I've accidentally you, just left the Google Hangout that we're looking at <laughs> no, each other on instead of closing the Google Doc. People didn't need to know that, but I've let them know anyway. I'm I now mean, back. Can right, you hear me now? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I can do. There we go. There you go. No problems here. What are you worried about? Let's get yeah. some feedback. And I, I'm kicking off feedback. Oh, <coughs> got lots to do today, aren't I? Um, it's almost like I put this together. Um, I've got one here from Zach Evans. It says, hi, guys. Having Zach Ryan on the podcast last week was very confusing. He seems like a lovely bloke, and I liked what he brought to the conversation. I like Zach as well. However, mm. when you addressed him by name, while I was not concentrating slash daydreaming, I thought you were talking to me instead. It what? put me in a panic, and for a split second before I realised what was actually going on and I tried to come up with an answer to your question. I realise how mad this sounds. Sorry. Oh, yeah. I have a similar thing with the Zach sound in the middle of the word exactly. <laughs> Love the podcast. Okay, are you Keep all right, Zach? Work. <laughs> That's a mad thing. Um, that, that is mad. Yeah. yeah. Well, That's we're talking to you now that. and I, I hope you're doing well, Zach. Uh, hey, you can answer us now if you want. We won't yeah, hear we, it. We but... can't hear but I assume it's yeah. not bad. Thank you. Uh, there we go. Thank you, yeah, Zach. Lovely. What have you got, Matt? Um, I've also oh, got... this isn't going to help him. Zach. He's going to talk it to me again. <laughs> so this, Zach. Yeah, this one's from Zach Toms. He says, Hi, IGN UK podcast team. I hope you're doing well. I just want to tell you a tale of my most successful mashup meal. Oh, the mashup in, meals. I yeah, love these. the mashup meals. Um, it immediately came to mind when last podcast you discussed blending two distinct cuisines to form one gourmet almaguerre. Jesus, why got amalgam? Amalgamation. Amalgamation. That that got stuck (laughs) on the end of my tongue. (laughs) Like a mashup meal. Oh, exactly. I first tried this at the tender age of nineteen. A bunch of us stayed at a friend's house to watch movies and get high. Being young and relatively innocent compared to my friends, I declined to partake in the weed. However, when they got the munchies and went to a nearby corner shop, I decided to tag along feeling somewhat peckish myself. They ended up buying the usual crisps, sweets, and etc. However, my mental faculties not being as impaired, I took a daring trip down the ready meal aisle. I arrived at Italian. Crippled by indecision, I grabbed two separate foodstuffs thinking that I could always save one for the following day. However, upon returning to the house, I succumbed to hunger. The food, you ask? Spinach and ricotta tortellini and a garlic pizza base. What? (laughs) Double carbs? Are you mad? (laughs) When cooking the pasta and its accompanying tomato mascarpone sauce, I began to feel experimental. That's the same for his tomato (laughs) mascarpone one. That's a very nice sauce. Uh, Mm. See, I don't like mascarpone in my sauce. Prefer it to be be on the more fruity side rather than the uh, cheesy side. Yeah. Maybe it was because I declined the allure of the free drugs earlier, but I needed to do something crazy. I put Take the pizza. Drugs, I put the pizza. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I put the pizza base in the oven and then layered the pasta and sauce on top. I then finished the dish with a huge amount of cheese. Thus was born the tortellini pizza. <laughs> to this day, to this day, it is still just as delicious yet and, and, and holy. And I recommend you use your free time indoors to try it. Thanks for all the hours of podcasting, Zach. I'm just wondering, how do you... Bloated. Doesn't that totally just fall off, like, as you're picking up the pizza? How's that work? I guess, it, I guess in. the cheese fuses it. Yeah, yeah. The... I suppose it's not that mad, because you do have garlic bread with pi- with pasta. 
Like, yeah, so I didn't think yeah. it was as mad as I as I thought it might be because when you think it's it's a pasta bake, but it's mm. on top of the garlic bread. Now yeah, I don't know if you've ever indulged yourself, but getting a wedge of garlic bread and sliding it under the pasta bake on your on I've your on your plates that. and then eat wow. it off your garlic bread. It's good stuff, mate. <laughs> With lasagna, mate, garlic bread is an absolute essential. Oh, like, it, yeah. it'd feel weird for me eating lasagna without a slice of garlic bread. <laughs> Have you got any weird mashups you like, Matt? I don't know if we've talked to you about this subject. Mm, no, I've, I'm not one for, like, I like making a good meal. I don't like going bonkers. Mm. I don't, I mean, mm. yeah, I, I don't know. There's nothing that I would. Do you never, like, I used to do a thing where um, it'd be toward before just before going shopping and we're starting to run out of stuff and i just look for the freezer and what like, what have we got and then just grab a load of things and just bang it all together on a plate and then just eat it all <laughs> See what that happens. was more in my that was more in my studenty sort of days when yeah, I that way just... you end up with like a sausage roll and a chicken kiev oh yeah absolutely It'd be something like that yeah it'd be like one chicken mini fillet this, and this then uh, yeah, a couple of sausage rolls and oh god the kievs are a good thing aren't they or oh. i haven't had one for a long time Treat yourself i like them this but week. i haven't had one I might do. I might get do yourself it. one. Put it on a pizza. I made, yeah. I made some smash burgers yesterday. They were Ooh. good. Ooh. Lovely time. You've mm. been living. I know, right? <laughs> Dale. Uh, yes, I've got one from Dennis J. And he says, "Hi lads, long time listener, second time writer, big fan of the podcast. Despite and maybe especially because of Cardi seemingly going slowly off the rails during lockdown." Joe, you know I thought I've brought it back a bit this week. I've been a bit more cohesive. I've offered actual yeah. opinions on things. Um, been a bit more subdued. I've, yeah, I've not been. I think. Yeah, I yeah. Carry on. Uh, I'm writing in because of the strange food combos discussed recent discussion reminded me that of 18 years of my life i've watched my dad who spent most of his life in germany eating nutella or nutella i suppose and edam cheese sandwiches whoa, for breakfast whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> yeah. nutella and edam what? cheese that is grim uh, whenever a jar <laughs> whenever a jar of the stuff has found its way into the household oh sorry whenever a jar of the stuff has found its way into the household somewhat repulsed but accustomed to it i led those years thinking that this was just a german thing and it hadn't found its way further west <laughs> not a german thing shortly after my 18th birthday adult life hit me hard when i discovered that i'd been believing a lie for my life and was in fact some sort of bizarre thing my dad had invented in his college years thanks for your good work boys especially during these trying times that does sound particularly horrible like cheese i know like some cheese and chocolate like a cheesecake can work but like you wouldn't dip a baby bell in some nutella would you (laughs) and it's nutty chocolate as well it's not just chocolate either it's like it's a hazelnut spread. Uh, oh, I'm not feeling that. Did you used to do the thing when you were a kid and went to McDonald's and like dipped your chips in a milkshake? No. no. Okay, I thought that was a thing people did. Well, <laughs> yeah. just like add to that. <laughs> just a confession that is, there. <laughs> you know, in America, they've got an obsession with putting bacon in milkshakes. I've what? had that before. Yeah. Have I just not lived? But I do don't I not get... know about these milkshake recipes. I know a lot of people like it, but I don't like the whole. Um, make a burger by slicing a donut in half thing and putting it no. in a donut. I'm brioche not a big bun, fan of, yes, not a donut. Yeah, brioche is fantastic. But I'm generally not a fan of sweet and savoury together. Yeah, same, yeah. There you go. Um, deadly combo. If you have anything to say to us, IGN underscore UK feedback at IGN.com. Uh, it's, a ple- it's just a pleasure to hear from you. It's just a pleasure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what music should we have at the end here? Um, 
We've got the Predator theme. We've got... We might have used that a few weeks ago, though. I'm not sure. I can't... Hold on. We've still not put any Final Fantasy music in this podcast. Yeah, but we didn't talk about Final Fantasy. Did we? <laughs> talk about Streets of Rage. Could get one of the soundtrack of Streets of Rage. It's lots of good uh, stuff. But look at Matt. He's, don't he's fancy looking that. sad fancy now. That. <laughs> he's looking sad. Do you, do you want some Final Fantasy? We, uh, what to keep do you it want? thematically sound, I'm happy to go for Streets of Rage. Or what about... One from Grim Fandango, because we spoke yeah, about right. the soundtrack for that earlier. Okay. Do you know what, Dale, you can choose. I'll leave it in your hands. I will. How about that? Uh, yeah. Have a good week, it's... everybody. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.